You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kivalevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Not Bill Gates and not Bernie Gates, but something that's like Bernie Gates, and that it was it ended up being dangerous for the people who accosted him on the subway. And here also, what you have is a, as Rashi says, a nitzutz. And Rashi gives you the old French word for it. And and we had a little more time. We would go to our jastro. And, you know, again, Rashi seems to think that he needs to tell his readers a little bit more about how this thing looks. It's some type of spark that they're familiar with, this ish denilitzelish. Okay. So, again, if we would go to our Loazai Rashi, we'd be able to see exactly where Rashi what Rashi is talking about, but Rashi wants his readers to know that there is this spark, and where did it come from? It comes from mitachas apatish. Apatish, Rashi tells us, is a kornis godol shel nefachim. Now, again, even if I would tell you today, what do you think a blacksmith uses? Well, you might think of a horseshoe, um, but there's a lot of different you know, um, metal and other things that are being used. But one of the things, you know, a nafach, is he a blacksmith? Is he someone who blows glass? Um, definitely, you know, the smithy. It's it's hard to know because we're so removed from it. But they did have these types of hammers. I mean, we have this idea of the guy with the with the um, apron on, and he's got this, and he's hitting and he's smacking this piece of metal. He's forging something. He's again, is a nafach. So I guess maybe there's coal, there's there's dark. Again, again, a blacksmith is sort of the way this thing is usually translated. But I haven't been in a blacksmith shop in a while. But I can understand that you have all these, uh, you have these instruments that are being used, and there's sparks flying. And what happens? You know, he's 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 got a job, and what happens is this spark goes out and damages. Somebody outside gets hurt, right? Um, so that seems to be, you know, a tolda. Now we have to think about halachically. This seems to be a tolda of Aish, right? This is a tolda of Aish, of one of the, uh, of the Avos Nezikim, right? Uh, you know, this is a fire, um, although you don't necessarily, you know, light it. But you need to realize that sparks do fly, that energy does fly. It could catch something, it could hurt somebody. And therefore, the first part of this statement is telling you that's called Aish. And it sounds like, I guess, if I would look up the Mishnayas, one of the things would be is that you're not, it's not a Shinui, it's not called Srotorus, it's not called something that's, that's a step removed from you. You're chayev completely. You're chayev the complete damage. And then, I guess we get to the next part of the Mishnah. Gamal sheton pishton. Okay? Tu over b'shus harabim. V'nichnasa pishtono l'tocha chanus. Now, you have a b'shus harabim where the camel is. So the camel seems to have a right to be in b'shus harabim. However, What's on top of the camel? What's on top of the camel is a load, and that load is so fluffy or so uh, packed and expansively packed that some of the flax that's on top of the camel 
enters into the open uh, chanut of people in the shuk. All right. People in the shuk have to keep their chanut open. Let's assume the shuk, um, um, you know, perhaps it's a bunch of people behind these, like on the midway in, in a carnival, where people have their booths and uh, the booths are open. Well, the booths have got to be open. Otherwise, you can't buy anything from them. Especially if we look at the shuk the way, you know, we, we've been in modern shuks, shuks in Eritrea or in Mexico or flea markets. Uh, anybody can step in. There needs to be access for people. There's not a, uh, a, a closed door. It's not like, um, you know, the old Main Street where, you know, the, the door is, cl- is clearly closed. And when you open it, the bell rings and, you know, the proprietor comes from the back and, you know, is, has been sipping a cup of tea and says, yes, what can I do for you? No, no, the, the, the shook is open and there's, you need to have that open space. So what happens? Vidolko Benero Shulchenveni. Hmm. Now, the shuk, as we know, is open during the day, but the chenveni still needs ner in that shuk, in his, in his chanut. Why? Because natural sunlight, again, they, didn't, they weren't built in a way with the skylights to make the best use of natural sunlight for the chenveni to find his product. When you stop at the, at the, at the, at the window and you look up, there needs to be a nair there for you to know what item it is you want to buy. Okay. Vihidlik esabira. Oh no. What happened was this guy seemingly has his right to have his nair there, right? But what happens? The, again, this is like a, a terrible accident. The pishton gets on fire. All of a sudden, the Chenveni's, uh, the Chenveni's little store is, starts to burn because he's got, who knows, he has got rugs, he has got fl- a bunch of flammable material. All of a sudden, his store has turned into this conflagration and it's spread to next door. And, and what's the end? The Hidlikas Abira, the whole beer, that whole capital area, that whole place is now on fire. Baal Hagamukhaev. After they, you know, the 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 uh, the voluntary fire department, the volunteer fire department has put out the flame. You know, they've brought the camels, they've brought the buckets, and the the, the ashes are smoldering. People are looking around; they can't believe what's happened. All of a sudden, this teeming, thriving marketplace, yeah, yeah, and everybody's looking at who? How did this thing happen? The Balhagamo is Chayev. Shalochoyelo lahagdil bechaviloso, Rashi says, Shetikonos lechanus. You didn't mean it, but this in a way is your Aish. Why is it your Aish? Because you have a right to go in Rishos Harabim, but you have to realize that there's windows open, there are going to be uh, lamps in those little stalls, and you are carrying flammable material. All of that means it's the responsibility of the the walker in the city, the responsibility of of, of of the man loading the camel to have loaded it in a way that that would not happen. And what happens? He becomes he becomes chayev. 
separate issue. <laughs> Right. But, but, but it's, you know, we put this Chiv on this guy. I don't, I mean, what is he? I mean, he's a guy who's, you know, he's, you know, his name is Ahmad, you know, and he's just going around and he's selling his wares. Oh, I have great things. Oh, oh, come on. I don't know what he calls his camel. Maybe he calls his camel, you know, he calls his camel Aladdin. Oh, Aladdin, we are going to go Saladin. Oh, we are going to sell a lot today. Oh, I have a lot of things. on. Well, then he has to go where there's no flames. <laughs> <laughs> it ends up, we end up making him chayev, which is interesting because you would think he caused this and this caused that, right? And that's considered his ish. So mm-hmm. even though it wasn't his fire, he's walking around with the flammable item knowing that there's fires around. Right. Other, you know, the blacksmith is the generator of the ish. And he knows what he does causes this energy spark to fly out. So he has got to be, he's got to restrict that and take the precautions. Whereas here, the guy with the flame is doing what's normal. The other people who are getting close are the ones who are considered guilty. That would seem to be, to me, the contrast. Right. right? In the first case, you know that you're shooting these flames out. Yes, but I'm just a blacksmith. I'm the village smitty. Okay, you know what, village smitty? You might be the blacksmith, but... Look what you, you, need you, a play, know. you need a spark guard of some sort. Right. Yeah. You, you, you should put some stuff up. You realize what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Whereas here, the camel guy is saying, it's not my fault. Look at what's going on in those, those, all those fires there. He says, I did not start the fire. Okay. Well, we're going to blame you. We're going to make it your fire. Right. That, which is really the Kiddush here because you need to know what the norm is. And therefore, you need to restrict yourself from that norm. The smitty needs to put up barriers. The people, we're not going to restrict the light of people with their flames, with their with their candles, and everything they have on the inside. So, but now, look what it says. Is this assumption, is this at night or day? So, I would say even in the day. Um, you have Hanukkah candles up in day. Okay, so remember that that's happening towards the end of the day. Right. Um, but if the nair is outside, now why would he have put it outside? It's not Hanukkah. That's going to be the next statement. Why would he put his uh, nair outside? It's dark and he wants people to come during the night to see where he is. Okay, it's, it's a darker day. He wants people to be able, right? Um, again, especially if you say that there isn't that much great natural light. Um, maybe he opens up real early when there's still, you know, it's still... cold. And this is heat. Oh, good. So these are all reasons why he might want to have it. And, and it could be also, as we know from Tzide Rishos Harabim, the Gemaras and Shabbos, they tell us that in the marketplace, there was these places where people would unpack their wares. Um, the, 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 the Hanut itself was, was small, but these, mm-hmm. but these areas in front gave, uh, maybe deals could be held there. So there is something about the chutz that's, that's, that's essential for this, uh, uh, owner of the Hanut. Right. It's kind of like a private patio almost. In yeah, but, but, but since it's right on Rishus Arabim, since right. it might be seated, Rishus Arabim might be right there. So at that point, um, you have to realize 
you've got fire in Rishos HaRabim, or close to Rishos HaRabim. So even though what happens is that your fire now attaches itself to the flame of of the camel, the camel's pishton, you're chayev. Because why did you have your flame there? And now, mm-hmm. the, now that guy's going to be chayev. Rabbi Yehuda Omer Bener Hanukkah Potter. So Rabbi Yehuda, the Tana says, now, you think about this, the big question is, is he arguing with the, with the Tanakama? Or is he explaining the Tanakama? He says, that would be on a regular day. But on, on Hanukkah, you're Potter. Does the Tanakama say you're even Chayim on Hanukkah? Um, you know, you, you could learn that that's the truth. That's the way it is. Um, you know, the Tosas Yontav, who I talked about yesterday on the, in the Shir about the significance of Tosas Yontav, one of the principles that he works with is figuring out as a, about where is the Tana arguing with the previous opinion. And one of the things he says is that if he, if it's only, um, if the, if the name of the Tana is first, then it indicates an argument. If the word Omar or Omer is first, it indicates an explanation. So this seems to be an argument. Tanakama seems to hold that, that even near Hanukkah you'd be chayev. Um, let's take a look at Rashi. Near Hanukkah Potter, Chenveni, Shebereshus, Meaning that if you have the Rishus to, to put it there, in other words, Rishus Pirsum Mitzvah, interesting language Rashi has used. Um, was he Mechuyev? I mean, he is a Chenveni. Where does he live? Does he have to put it out there? Does he live in his shop? Does he live like in the back of the shop? Is that what's going on? And he, you know, he doesn't. And he doesn't have a house in the in the in the residence. Or he area. works during the time that you have to light, and it's the only place he would he would be during that time. Um. So he he, he doesn't close up shop like most people. He's up. He's out there later. He's the one selling all the uh, stuff people need to. Wait, wait, wait. He's not the Tarmudoy. You yeah. know. He's not a Tarmudai, he's just a regular who knows what he's got. You know, who knows what he has over there, you know, maybe he sells. So maybe he does live there. Okay. But in any case, once he does due diligence on setting it up in a safe way, as long as nobody's coming by with Pishtim, <laughs> then... That's not what we're saying, though. We're saying that that the Bauhagamo needs to know that there's going to be people lighting outside. Right. Now, is that, that's, that's, that's really begs the question. Is it normal for this, all the, like, you could say that there's a special Pearsomaness for shop owners to put up their Hanukkah menorah outside. Right. And maybe they'll go home, but this is something that's allowed as well. Kind of like if they're, we're supposed to light candles if, you have a, you know, group together. And... Well, Shabbat Shus Mitzvah. So does that, does it, I mean, the easiest way to say it is Shabbat, you know, right? 
it's interesting Rashi's language. Um, clearly, the Mishnah is referring to the time people lit outside. You could say, you know, sh- sh- is sh- this sh- a mocker for all the, um, the menorahs they put up all over the place? Right. So this is where I'm going with this. Is this yeah. is, is that what is that what we're saying? Um, the um, or or is this their their tip their menorah their their chayev to do? Uh, they have a rishus to do it even where they work, or are we saying that this is where they live? When I explained this Gemara the last time I, I taught it, I sort of speculated that the guy lives just like, you know, he lives upstairs or he lives in the back room. Um, but it has to be usual to blame the Balagamal, right? And that's the other question. Is the Balagamal Chayiv in that case? It says, Rabbi Yudamir Benir Potter. So who's Chayiv in that case? The Balagamal, right? Right. So why is he Chayev? Because, hey, you have to realize there's going to be near Hanukkah. What does that mean? I can't load my animal at all? I understand that it didn't go into the, in, 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 into the, into the Hanut. That would be really overloading. But not to be connected, but in the Rishush in the Rishush Harabim, or the walkway where, where you, 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 you move your animal in the Shuk, there, it makes what, what I'm not supposed to have anything here. What do you think I'm here for? Right. I am here, Saladin. I am here to to sell in the chuk. What, what I, I, I should have not. So yeah. on Hanukkah, you'd have to like even load it less. Like you'd have to load less stuff on it because the whose pots are by near Hanukkah? Are we saying the 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 owner? The chenveni. The the chenveni is is. In other words, even though the Tanakam has said once it's outside, the heaven is chayiv for the complete conflagration of the bira. Right. But if it's Hanukkah, he's potter. So th- what's the default mode? Who's going to be chayiv? The Balagamal. Right. And you think about it, the Balagamal. What does that put to the Balagamal? Balagamal needs to know on Hanukkah, people are being lighting outside, and even people in the, in, in the shuk are lighting outside, and you want to go there with your camel? You've got to, you, you have to be careful and know that there's going to be fire all over the place. Let's see, Amar Ravina, Mishum de Rabba. This doesn't, they usually don't go together, and that's why I believe it's probably, uh, you need to change the gear. So Ravina was, Ravina met Rava, and that is why, as you can see here, it's changed. Ravina, although uh, he was known as Ravina and Ravashi, he was actually older than Ravashi, although he accepted Ravashi as his, as his Rebbe, as his superior. And, um, and uh, Ravina, who met Rava, was a student of Rava, and, you know, towards the end of Rava's life, he's sort of the bridge between Rava and Ravashi. Ravina said, Zoto meret, near Hanukkah, from this Mishnah, mitzvah l'hanicha, betoch asara. That the best place to put the near Hanukkah is within tent Tvachim of the ground. Even when it's outside, it should be within tent Tvachim. In other words, People notice it. Now, obviously, if it's within three tvachim, that's people, that's like the ground itself within three. That's like lovud. So I would assume it means in between three and ten. And that's the best place to put it. If you would say that the mitzvah of katchila, is to put it even above ten tvachim. Lamele, 
let him say to him, Who's saying to who? The camel owner, right? Is saying to the store owner. Okay, I understand it's Hanukkah, you want to do the mitzvah, you live in the back, you want to do the extra mitzvah, however we're going to explain this. But you should have had that higher than me. But a gamel is really tall. Right? Right? It should be, it should be, you know, um, you know, three or four amos. Much higher than ten tvalchem. In this way, camels could pass through and you could still be makayim your mitzvah. What was you doing with this thing below? So, put your menorah out. But put it out in a place where camels could still walk. Now that's not a taina when the when the when the lamp is inside, because there you say, "Come on, that's not normal that your stuff should push into the in, 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 into these um, the stores should push into the mid into those into those uh, booths." But outside, it's normal that you should be able to walk instead of restricting the camel owners. And the people of what they're selling just tell people to put their menorah up high. So Ravina said, in the name of Rova, this shows you that the best way to fulfill this mitzvah is keeping it low. In fact, Vidilma, Imitrachalei, Tuva, Osium Nuemi Mitzvah. So this seems to be a Gemara's rejection of that. Gemara's wait. Maybe really you still have the same mitzvah, even if it's low, even if it's high. But we did not want to force store owners and advise them to do the mitzvah in a completely proper way, but demand that they put it high. In other words, the Gemara is really a subtle point here. Um, so does that mean you you wouldn't be betochasara? Would that mean you're not be yotze, or does that mean that's the best way to do it? I'm not sure, but the Gemara's suggestion is really let's just go the first way, uh, um, the second way that it's just So really, you could also be makayim if it's high, and maybe that should be the best way to do it when you're dealing in a public market. Because this way, both people are satisfied. The people with their camels are satisfied, and the people can be makayim their pirsamanes. Mar says, no. We couldn't have legislated that way. Why? Because if you tell people that they're going to light outside, but the only way they're going to be able to do it is if they establish some sort of shelf, some sort of extra building thing that they have to do, some sort of other thing to go up on a stepladder and put it up there and, 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 and anchor it. They're going to say, you know what? Let's read the words inside. If you, even though it's a mitzvah in their Hanukkah, which you know, the Rambam says, it's a mitzvah people love, people who are into it, but if you say the way you're going to fulfill Ner Hanukkah is because of the of the of the traffic outside, 
Now, even though that's going to cause a problem to all the the the, it's going to cause a problem to all the uh, the camel owners who are now going to have to be careful on eggshells, walking, and careful how much they load. We want to make sure that all the store owners light their menorah happily. And if we if we put too much de- many demands on them, Digmore is saying, they're just not going to do it at all. We don't want that to happen. So at least for this week, that's primary for us. Even though it sort of like flips the script about who should really be responsible. Right. Again, checking the Mishnayas, we see that that Rabbi Yehuda, as I said, argued with the Tanakama, and and we paskin like the Tanakama, which means the responsibility is on the owner of the Chanut, although we, you know, he's I guess he's doing the right thing, lighting there, but his responsibility is to make sure no camels are passing by. Okay, just in, in, in terms of, first of all, what we see is that we are, that we paskin like the Tanakama. Tanakama, according to what we read in the Tosis Yontif and, and um, the Rambam, is not saying that you're wrong in the, in the way you lit it. In fact, Ravina might be correct that the best place to light it is low, but stay out there. Maybe even extinguish the flame after it burns the, the, the requisite amount of time and stay out there. Um, the uh, the David Pardo, as we can see here from the Barilan, says um, when he talks about this Rambam, he says the Lo Sfirle Hodakama Ravina Ner Chanaka Mitzvah Nicha B'Tocha Sora. What about the idea um, about Ravina that the Ner Chanaka should be low? Kivin Didochole Bishas, because the Gemara says maybe you could actually put it higher. But the question is, um, Rabbi Yehuda feels that um, there would be too much of a tircha. The Rambam doesn't mention any of that. Uh, about So you could have said, the reason why the Tanakhama says you're chayev, because you're supposed to put the Hanukkah menorah higher. In other words, the Rambam never writes that the Ner Hanukkah should be low. He never says Lekatechila should be in a low spot. You remember last week I showed you from Chaim Kanievsky that he feels that you should still try. If you had a question of two windows, you should use the lower window. So now we understand what the question was. The Rambam doesn't mention this in Hilchas Hanukkah as an advantage of where to light. So if that's true, the Rambam seems to hold that it's just as good if you put it up higher. Um. So if that's the case, the Rambam should say the reason why the owner of the shop is Chayev is because the owner of the shop could have been Mekayim the Mitzvah just as well, putting it up high without impacting on what's going on in terms of the traffic. So why did the Rambam say, quoted by the Tosis that you should have stayed out there and watched? Um, so he says... It doesn't, because that's an illogical thing to say that the Tanakama and, and Rabbi Huda are arguing about this. Um, in other words, the idea of the Tirch of the Mitzvah. Is the Tirch of the Mitzvah the type of thing that you would be, uh, in other words, we both hold it should be up high. It could be up high and it's just as good. question is, will you not do the Mitzvah if we force you? He says, Kivin the Mitzvah Asik Le'truchu Rabbanon he says, it's far Um, That's the type of thing they wouldn't be arguing in. 
everybody would hold, we want the mitzvah to be as easy as possible. But the reason for the Tanakam is, we want you to make the mitzvah easy. That makes sense. But now, you've done the mitzvah already. Those who want the mitzvah to be done, and you've done it right. But now, and we don't want you not to do the mitzvah. We don't want the act of the mitzvah to be difficult for you. But once the mitzvah is done, you're not Isaac and mitzvah anymore. Because you're Makayim the mitzvah by lighting it. So even though, even if it would go out as we paskin, you wouldn't be Zalkeklaw. So then we say you should sit. In other words, so the Rabbi David Pardo is explaining, what don't we want to make difficult on a person? The, the mitzvah lighting. has to be, the lighting has to be as easy and geschmack as possible. If you, tell, if you tell him light high up, oh, I'm not going to do that. However, what, we, what we're not afraid of telling him is, Sit there and watch. What do you mean sit there and watch? I should be inside. No. The mitzvah was easy, wasn't it? Yeah, it was real easy. That's all that matters. We know you're going to do it. But if we, if, if, the, if the fulfillment of the mitzvah becomes difficult, the person's just going to be hesitant to even do it. The fact that he's going to take precautions after the mitzvah, that's his responsibility. But we want the act of mitzvah to be done as easily. And that's something which the Shoshana Mudavid is saying that there shouldn't be an argument about that, so in this case, could he just dis- extinguish it right away and go back into a shop? So that's a good question. Are you allowed to extinguish it right away? In other words, can you just light it? And are you allowed, which is really gets back into the question, Sheila, if you hold Kavsa, right. uh, does that mean you could be Machabit right away? It sounds that it's only if it goes out, especially if, if we go like the answer you're supposed to put in the requisite amount of oil. Right. So, like we were talking about before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but but again, this is an interesting, it's interesting what Rabbi David Pardo is doing here in um, terms of explaining what does the Gemara mean by us when it says we want, we don't want to put tircha in the mitzvah. I mean, every mitzvah has a tremendous amount of tircha, right? For example, right. the mitzvah of buying an esrig. Oh boy, I've got to go to the esrig seller. I've got to make a call. Oh, I, I, I got to go on. Whatever it is. Why don't... Are we ever worry? It's a mitzvah. You'll do it. Right. Right. We, we know you've got to go through great effort to get to do the mitzvah, but we want the act of the mitzvah to be pleasurable. Got That's it. what Pardo was saying. We, we want, since Hadalaka is the mitzvah, if within the Hadalaka we say there's a precaution that needs to be done high, even though it's not a, it doesn't affect your kiyum, but it does mean your stepladder. It does mean going up there. It does you bring mean... it inside the shop at this point. You light it outside and bring it in. And now you're putter. Okay, that's the same question. Do you have to leave it outside? But yeah. right, right, but the moment of but that's the moment of Adloka is where we want it to be sweet and beautiful. Later right. you could have to sit there with you know with your you know biting your, your fingernails waiting to see I hope nobody's coming. But in terms of the moment of the mitzvah, that's the one that we want to be as positive as possible. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode. Thank you.